another episode of the unpopular podcast this is the man the myth the legend jalen hunter and if you would do me a favor please subscribe to the youtube channel i'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers so please subscribe and here's where we'll start so i've been doing a breakdown of all the divisions in the nfl i did the afc east afc west afc south and of course i'm finishing or i'm wrapping up the afc with the north and the reason why I wanted to to finish the AFC with the North, or I wanted to do the AFC North last as far as all the AFC teams, is because to me the AFC North one is the best division in the the conference, and two, this division has so many storylines, and we'll talk about most of them. Like there's so many storylines from the worst team to the best team. Now, of course, after this division, in next episode, I'm going to go over to the NFC, but from the Ravens, Steelers, Browns, and, and Bengals, there's so many storylines. And honestly, while I don't think the best team in the AFC is in this division, I do think that this is by far the best division in the AFC. And let's start with the Bengals. The Bengals are in a weird spot. And when I say they're in a weird spot, they have Joe Burrow. Now, Joe Burrow was the number one overall pick a year ago, and of course, he was incredible for the Bengals until he got hurt. And this year during the draft, they were they could have went a, a couple ways. They could have went wide receiver. They could have went offensive line. I think it was probably best to go offensive line. They could have went defense. There was a lot of things they could have done. And of course, as we know, they went and got Jamar Chase, who was arguably the best running or wide receiver in the draft. Now, of course, you pair him up with Higgins, Boyd. Like, they, they have a really good wide receiver core, and you give Joe Burrow a number one wide receiver. But here's the thing. And this is why I said that when if you go back uh, after the draft or my draft breakdown, this is why I said the Bengals, they had a questionable draft. While, yes, you want to go, you know, Jamar Chase is arguably the best wide receiver in the draft. That is no question. And, of course, he will be incredible, in my opinion, with a Joe Burrow. Because Joe Burrow looked like he was – Joe Burrow, honestly, if it wasn't for the injury, there would have been a really close race between him and uh, Justin Herbert, as in who, in my opinion, would win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. But the, the reason – why I said it was questionable is because Joe Burrow just got hurt. And when I say got hurt, season ending, you know, broke his leg, and you have a franchise quarterback. The The Bengals haven't really had a franchise quarterback probably since Carson Palmer. Now, you can say, but what about Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton was cool, but he wasn't no – he wasn't a freaking, you know, he, he wasn't that good as far as being a franchise quarterback. He was just there because he was serviceable for that long. And, and of course, the Bengals, they, they were just, they were just the, the, the poster child of mediocrity. But, you know, you have 
you have Joe Burrow. You finally have a franchise quarterback and a quarterback that's that that can take you to places that you haven't seen in a while. Like Joe Burrow, I don't I'm not gonna say, of course, coming out the gate he'd be this good, but Joe Burrow, his ceiling looks like he can be, you know, a playoff, uh a playoff type quarterback, which they have not had since Carnell Palmer. So you have a quarterback like that, and in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, wouldn't you want to protect him? The reason why he got hurt is because the offensive line it was horrible. They had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL last year. And even with that that terrible offensive line, Joe Burrow was still able to flourish until he got hurt. And in this draft, this draft had a lot of great offensive linemen like Rashard Slater or Rashawn Slater. I'm sorry, who went to the Chargers. He was arguably one of the best offensive linemen. And this was a deep offensive line draft like extremely deep and in my opinion yes it's not the flashiest pick to pick maybe Rashawn Slater uh but at at some point you want to do something to protect your your franchise quarterback and while yes Jamar Chase is good they didn't really address the offensive line yeah they got a couple offensive pieces uh, on the offensive line, but none of them to me are are good enough to really be starters, and that isn't gonna help when you have a quarterback one that's coming off an injury, which is Joe Burrow, and two, you want to protect your asset, and you don't even have a bad uh, like I said, you don't even have a bad wide receiver core. You still have Higgins and you still have Boyd, who are really good and you know they're incredible ride receivers then of course you have Joe Mixon at the running back position so while well, yes Jamar Chase is flashy he's a really good player uh he could arguably be a top wide receiver or well, their top wide receiver and he has all the makings to be a, a great wide receiver. he looks like a bigger a bigger let's say I'm not gonna say faster but bigger stronger uh CD Lamb and if he can produce like cd lamb produces for the cowboys then of course the Bengals would take that and and run with that i mean he is a number one uh, receiver the thing is like i said though you have a division where and let's just speak of the, we're not even going to talk about the whole afc we're not going to talk about the rest of the league in the division you're going against the browns defense that has uh miles garrett that has um Jadavion Klein that has some of those pieces you're going against the Steelers defense TJ Watt um and of course we know how electrifying that defense was last year and the Ravens defense you have Marlon Humphreys you have uh some of those you know Patrick Queen like it's it's the the last thing you want to do is not only it's 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 tough when you have a when you have a rookie quarterback going into a, a division like this. But Joe Burrow, of course, isn't a rookie, but it's even tougher when you have a quarterback coming off an injury, a major injury, and you didn't really do much to protect him. Now, what is the ceiling that I have for this team? Uh, I do think that the Bengals is definitely the worst team in this division. Um, but, again, they have a gr- we have to see what happens when he comes back and, and, and how he looks. But Joe Burrow is a quarterback that can be here for the long run. Like Joe, Joe Burrow looks like he can be 
one of those, you know, next tier. When I say next tier, you know, some of the old, some of the old greats are, are 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 starting to or will fan out soon. Whether that's Tom Brady, whether that's Aaron Rodgers, uh, we'll talk about Big Ben in a second. But he looks like he can be in that Justin Herbert class, in that um, he's another good Lamar Jackson. You know, it's he looks that good, and. I do think that it's going to be interesting to see his connection with J- Jamar Chase. Now, people that don't know, Burrow and Jamar Chase played with each other and played with each other at LSU when they had hit that historic. I think it was what 2019 when they had had a historic uh, uh, run and or historic season. Honestly, it was I think it was the best offensive season ever in in college football history for a team. So. I know they're going to be electrifying. And, of course, T. Higgins, he's an incredible wide receiver. Uh, Tyler Boyd, he's an incredible wide receiver. Uh, and, of course, Joe Mixon, he's – he's like, they have a really good – they have a really good offensive core as far as receivers, running backs, and quarterback. It's just – is are they going to be able to flourish with that offensive line? And that is – that's the just the that's the biggest question that I have with this team. You know what I mean? Like in and again, I felt that this this draft was kind of prime for it, man. And they 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 didn't do much, man. And and or on the offensive line, let me say that. They they did get, of course, the best. Um they did get the best wide receiver, but I don't know, man. It's it's just tough. And and again, I mean, you have Isaiah Prince that you got from Miami, uh, but the offensive—I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, and I think that's that's the that's the problem when we talk about the Bengals right now. It's a lot of I don't knows, especially, and that's not really what you want coming off of a season that saw um, a season that saw Joe Burrow get hurt. And of course, he's coming back next season or this season. So, you don't really, you don't really want to, you don't really want a lot of I don't knows, and that's what the Bengals have. But we do know, however, at his best, Joe Burrow. And, and another thing, actually, will we see the best of Joe Burrow? A report came out saying that Joe Burrow, you know, he he's he just has to get, he has to trust his knee again. When you when you you know, break your leg, break your knee. When you have a major injury, it's hard to to trust that. It's hard to trust the fact that it's healthy enough to do what you got to do. And a lot of times you see a player overcompensate and then hurt themselves again. Now, of course, I don't wish that upon anybody, but you see that a lot. You see a player that'll hurt their, you know, they'll break their leg or something. And because they're trying to overcompensate with, you know, using their other leg they end up breaking their other leg and I don't I don't wish that upon Joe Burrow but again we need to see what we're going to get from him which is why I go back to the fact that you wanted I thought I think that you should have assured up the offensive line a little bit more but it is what it is you have Jamar Chase we'll see how it goes and I again I do think that they are that is the worst team in the division but they you know it's (laughs) It, that, this is a tough division. This is a tough division to stand out. Uh, let's let's move on to the Browns. Let's move on to the Browns. And the Browns are in an interesting spot. And when I say interesting spot, this is the first time I can remember in my entire existence where the Browns were honestly could honestly be Super Bowl contenders. I know. Whoa. Like <laughs> it's it's 
it's crazy for me to say, man. It's 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 wild, but the Browns are that good. The Browns have the best. The Browns could arguably have the best offensive line in the entire league. Not just the AFC North, not just the AFC, the entire league. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about last episode with the um who was I talking? Well, I think it was Denver. And I said this really rests on um when we were talking about Denver, I said Drew, the team is good. The team is really good. It's just how you're gonna go as far as Joel uh, uh Drew Locke takes them. And that's the problem with them, is like, I don't know. And it's also with Miami. You're only gonna go this this the Miami team is a really good team, but again, you're only gonna go as far as Tua takes you. For the for the Browns, man, again, this is a Super Bowl caliber roster. You have uh what Denzel Ward on the defense. You have um Donovan Peoples Jones on the offense. You have, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. You have Jarvis Landry. You have Kareem Hunt. You have Miles Garrett. You have uh Jadavion Clowney. This is a Super Bowl team. Like that don't 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 get it. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. It's just you're only you're you're gonna go as far as Baker Mayfield takes you. I mean, hell, again, you have Rashad Higgins, you have Austin Hooper, like <laughs> this, and like the thing. Here's the thing. It's not just the fact that I mean, hell, you have Shelton Day, like you, Nick Chubb. I, I, I'm you have Nick Chubb, who is arguably one of the best running backs in the league, man. Here's the thing. Baker Mayfield has had a lot of, well, has been able to have a lot of excuses up to this point in his career. Now, I'm not saying his career has been bad. I'm not saying he hasn't done anything. But he's had a lot of excuses, uh, whether it was he didn't have any. His first year, um, you know, he, he we had to deal with the quarterback. I mean, the coach situation with Marvin Lewis. Um, no, not Marvin Lewis, with Hugh Jackson. Jackman. Um and of course, he didn't really have a lot of talent around him. Then you get talent around him, you fire the coach, and then you bring in Freddie Kitchens, who nobody thought, except for I guess, um, <laughs> except for I guess, Browns management thought that Freddie Kitchens was good enough to be a quarterback. I mean, a coach. Uh, you get him. That's an, uh, a disaster of a season. You get him out, bring Kevin Stefanski in. He wins Coach of the Year. Uh, but then you look. Last year, Odell Beckham gets hurt, who is their best wide receiver. Um, this, uh, Baker Mayfield has run out of excuses. You have every – this team is a – again, it's, it's really – it's still surprising to say, but the Cleveland Browns is a – this team is a Super Bowl caliber team. Again, you have the best – offensive line in the league and that is leaps and bounds better than the first season which we said while you have baker mayfield they they have a horrible offensive line 
Now, again, you have the best offensive line in the league, and you have an, an, a ferocious defense. You have arguably defensive player of the year in Miles Garrett. You have Jadavion Clowney. Of course, we know what he can be as a former number one overall pick. Uh, Denzel Ward, we know how good he is. And, of course, he dealt with injury last year, so he comes back. Man, it really is all on Baker Mayfield. This team will go as far as Baker Mayfield can take them. And I think, I mean, again, Baker Mayfield was a number one overall pick, man. And and it, when you have it, it's, it's very rare that you have as a number one overall pick, especially what, two or no, three or four years into your career. It's very rare that you have a team this stacked as a number one overall pick. Usually as, I mean, if you look, <laughs> number one overall pick usually goes to a garbage team. I mean, look at look at Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars. The Jaguars probably have the worst roster on the in the league. Um you know, it's the 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 let's say the the cards are not stacked in favor of a number one overall pick. So the fact that you have a number one overall pick in Shavavion Clowney on this team. You have Miles Garrett, who's a what I think he was number one overall pick. You have uh Baker Mayfield. You have Denzel Ward, who was a top five pick. Like Odell Beckham Jr., who we know how good he is. Jarvis Landry, we know how good they are, especially at LSU, especially when Odell Beckham Jr. was at uh where was he? In in New York, Nick Chubb. Like this this is the team. And it really this team has the has the pieces to be the best team, not only in the AFC North, but in the AFC. And that is that saying something when we talk about who's in the AFC as far as like I said, the Bills and the Char and the Chiefs, man, and the Chargers. Like this team is better than the Chargers. This team on paper is better than the Bills. And this team on paper can arguably be better than the Chiefs. No, it does no Baker Mayfield is not Patrick Mahomes. But when you look at the sheer talent that the Browns have, they have more pieces than Mahomes does with the with the Chiefs. They have more the 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 Browns have more pieces than the than Josh Allen and the Bills. They have more pieces than Justin Herbert and the 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 Chargers. They have more pieces than Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So it really, you know, man, it, it it really is on Baker Mayfield. And I can't really stress that enough, man. And I'm not like a lot of the media pundits because the media pundits keep saying, you know, you have to get Baker Mayfield all out of there. Baker Mayfield's not the guy. I don't know that, man. I, I don't know that. But I do. I do. And, and Baker Mayfield has gotten better year after year after year. But it's all the line for them. I'm not saying that they have to win a Super Bowl. Uh, they have. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is they have to look like. The, the at least a top team in the league like you're coming off a season when you were 11 and 5 third in the AFC North you have to improve on what you're doing like at some point it, you you can't keep doing the same thing and this like I said you can't look like you're just the third best team in the AFC, especially with these pieces, with this entire roster. Like that's that's just not going to cut it. And th it, go it goes back. This is a quarterback-driven league. If Baker Mayfield is not 
the Baker Mayfield that if he's if he's not a number one, does not play like a number one overall pick, it doesn't matter how good this defense is. It doesn't matter how many weapons this offense has, man. It's it and as good as a coach that Kevin Stefanski is, it's not going to go anywhere. And I do think that you know when when we when we look up the I think this team has to at least be in the conversation to to play for a, an AFC championship. I think that is the that should be the floor for them. Because of how good this team is, they should be able to at least make it to the AFC championship. Now, I know that's a lot putting a lot on a team that didn't make it to the AFC championship and God knows how long. I, I, in fact, I don't even know they've ever. Yeah, they have. I don't. God knows how long they made it to the AFC championship. But again, I've rattled off so many names, man. This team is so stacked on both sides of the ball. And, and that's another rarity as well. When you have a team, it's very rare that you have a well-balanced stacked team like this. Like when we go back, if you look at the when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, that's 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 a team that was incredible offensively and had had like a couple defensive pieces. They now they didn't win it, but that was that was probably the last time you can really see a stacked team from oh and the and the um the Bucks, but of course we'll talk about that when we get to the uh, AFC, I mean NFC, but that was that's just on another level. But yeah, for the Browns, man, it's really it, it it's really how far Baker Mayfield takes them. Now I think that he can take them if if he continues to improve and he's saying the right things apparently all the reports coming out from practice is saying he's he's been incredible Odell Beckham Jr looks like he's back to 100%. So again, it's it's all about this team is going to go as far as Baker Mayfield takes them. So and I think they can take them far. I think they can take them far. And uh we'll just have to see. We'll, we'll really have to see. Um let's go over to the Steelers, man. And the Steelers uh, the Steelers is a is a is a confusing bunch in my opinion. First and foremost, uh, the Steelers. For people that you know, I'm not gonna say because people are not forgetting. I understand. I know. Okay, okay, guys. I know. I'm aware the Steelers were 11 and 0 last year. I know that. I understand. Trust, hey, hey. Trust me. I know. I know that the Steelers went 11 and 0 last year. I know that they were the best team by far in the NFL and for 11 weeks. Like I know, okay? I know. But what those people I guess tend to forget or tend to just omit from their memory is um the season isn't 11 game. It's not an 11 game season. Right? Uh <laughs> The season before this year is 16 games. Now, again, this year is 17, but it was 16 games. And they finished 12-4. and four. And in those four losses, they looked incredibly bad. And I said this, la- I said this all last year. Don't let winning is winning allows you, which which makes sense, but winning allows you to to put your blinders on to a lot of things. Winning definitely allows you to 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 because you're winning, everything is good, right? Because you're winning, everything is peachy cream. You don't really need to, it, it, there's really not much to think about because you're winning. 
like you don't really need to worry about much because you're winning. But even in that 11 and 0 streak, there was a lot of red flags for the Steelers. Red flag number one, the Steelers, even with uh, Chase Claypool, even with Juju Smith-Schuster, even with Williams, even with some of their pieces, some of their incredible offensive you know, wide receiver core, they could not throw the ball downfield to save their life. You know, we talked about a lot how bad Drew Brees looked towards the end of the year because he just didn't have any arm strength. The same thing can be said about Big Ben. They they just didn't have he he didn't have the arm strength. They couldn't throw the ball deep. That was a problem. Another problem they had was they were the worst or bottom, probably the second worst or worst rushing attack in the league. And this is they had uh Sneed, they had um I forgot his name, James Connor. This they were the worst running attack in the league. That's not gonna bowl well for a team that not only can't run the ball but can't throw the ball deep. Because all you're gonna do is play up close because they know you have to kill them with slants, but you're not gonna be able to kill a team with slants in the playoffs. It's neither here nor there, but or a good defense at that. But not to mention the le- I'm not gonna. Another problem, and probably their biggest problem, was their offensive line was horrible. Their offensive line was bad. They didn't give Big Ben a lot of time. They The offensive line was the biggest reason why they couldn't really rush the ball because, I mean, they, didn't, they weren't able to protect Big Ben or the rush. They, they just kept they, – they, they could not make any rushing lanes. It was just that – it was bad. And then we're sitting here today, Wednesday, August 18th. And what has changed for the for the for the for the Steelers? Their offensive line is still horrible. I'm not I don't know if it's going to be as bad, uh but their offensive line is still bad. Pouncey retired, but their offensive line still sucks. Their defense, which was a bright spot all last year, that is that is going to still be good now I know Bud Dupree who got injured last year he got traded um or signed with a different I think signed with the Titans but there you know you still have TJ Watt you you still have they you know Patrick uh Micah Hyde they still have a, a, one of the, a top tier defense um you still have Claypool who is still a very good young wide receiver you still have Juju Smith-Schuster who is still a very good young wide receiver you still have Williams who is a good young wide receiver you have Kobe White um like I said James Washington you know you have you have some pieces you got uh Tyler Simmons from the the Houston Texans you have some pieces Oh, and of course, the biggest acquisition, in my opinion, was Najee Harris from the draft. Uh, was He was uh, the best running back in the draft, and they were able to get him. Now, 
same thing I said with the uh, with the Bengals. I think that you should have addressed. Now, it's the same thing with the Bengals, but a little different. I think the Bengals should have addressed their offensive line to protect Joe Burrow because they were just awful. And Joe Burrow, you don't want him, you know, he's coming off a major injury. You need to protect Joe Burrow. The reason why I think the 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 Steelers needed to address their offensive line more than running back was because their offensive line was horrible, like god awful. And their offensive line being bad affect the entire offense. Now that usually happens, but Big Ben is not in the position anymore to just beat you with sheer talent. And we've seen Big Ben was two steps out the door. In fact. I think the Steelers nation kind of wanted him to leave, especially after, you know, he's looked old uh, last few years. And, of course, how how last year ended, he just looked bad. And they're just the, the – how bro, they just got destroyed by the Browns in the playoffs. And this is a team who went from, what, the one seed to, to losing to the Browns in the first round. It – I think I think that this team there's a lot of of there's a lot of positives with this team. But then yet with those positives a lot of question marks. Question mark number 1. Well, no, you didn't really address the you didn't really address the offensive line. So as even with Najee Harris looked really good in the preseason. Even with Najee Harris looking good and being good, is this offensive line going to allow Najee Harris to flourish? Uh, you know, and Najee Harris is also a wide receiver. I mean, a, a running back who can catch the ball in the outfield. He kind of he he kind of looks like a, a you can kind of play him like a Christian McCaffrey type type player. But again, is this offensive line going to allow the? Do, can they protect him enough and create holes for him enough to flourish? One question mark, two question marks, or question number two. Claypool is really good. Juju Smith-Schuster is really good. Washington's good. Williams is good. But are is any of those players good enough to be number one receivers? Now, the question a lot of people thought that Juju that 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 job was pretty much going to go to Juju Smith-Schuster once A. B. left. But as we, I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster's had a had a had a uh, hundred point rushing yard game since since Antonio Brown left, and Claypool's still young. We need to see how he develops. And Washington, I think Williams led the league last year in drops. Now, of course, that could change, and, and he can be better this year. But this 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 team just has a lot of question marks. And actually, the biggest question mark in my opinion is with the quarterback big ben ben roethlisberger um we've seen all preseason that Dwayne haskins looked good shouts out to Dwayne haskins uh he was with washington for a while that ended pretty bad Steelers picked him up and he's looked really good now it is the preseason so you're not really seeing the number ones until like the last preseason game but it looks like the Steelers have a heir apparent to Big Ben. Do I think that you, um, Dwayne Haskins is going to be as good as Big Ben? No, I don't. But it looks like 
when Big if Big Ben is not there, Dwayne Haskins is able to pick up the slack. At least he looks ten times better than Mason Rudolph. But um, you know, while yes, the offensive line was a big reason why uh, the Steelers were unable to really have a deep threat or a, a a deep passing game. A lot of that also was Big Ben and his deter- the deterioration of his arm. He just doesn't – well, last year he didn't have it anymore. Like he didn't – he just didn't have the same pop, the same velocity in the arm. Like he didn't have that anymore. And it showed as we went – further and further down like further and further down the season until once you got to the what the the playoff game and I think he threw like four interceptions so now the media the PR team Steelers PR team is doing an incredible job of course um because the PR team's job is to make their client look good and their client is the Steelers so all you're hearing is Big Ben is in the best shape of his life. Big Ben is taking his diet seriously, taking his offseason seriously, taking his health seriously. Big Ben could probably play for another two, three more years after his body transformation because he lost all this weight. You're hearing all the things that you expect to hear, especially – after a season where or after an off season where a lot of people didn't know if Big Ben was coming back and he had to restructure his deal pretty much to come back because they kind of didn't really want him at the price that they had him. So uh I mean this this team it's this team is not a championship team. Don't get it confused. Yes, you have a great coach in Mike Tomlin. You have some really good players. Hell, I didn't even mention they picked up Marvin Ingram uh, from free agency, uh, which was huge, especially with T.J. Watt. Um, and, of course, you still have Cameron Hayward. You, you know, you still have a lot of pieces. But Joe Hayden. But it's like this team, this team – there, there, there's so many limitations at this, t- or at least that we've seen. Now, again, we have to see how the season plays out, but there's just so many limitations, and their limitations are huge limitations. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's different if you your offensive line was bad, but you had Patrick Mahomes or or you had Josh Allen as your quarterback. Like, they can with their with their uh their their running ability. And scrambling ability and, and they can still get the ball downfield and they're still young so their arm you know their arm strength is, is still there big ben has never been really a mobile quarterback he's pretty much ha- his his calling card has been that he's a big burly quarterback where he can you know you can hit him and he bounce off and still throw it that's not him anymore well yeah he's still big and and and, and everything he's not He's not running anybody over. He's not out. He's never been able to really outrun anybody. And again, the velocity, he his arm strength has gone has deteriorated 
to now the point where you have speedsters like Juju Smith and Clay and uh, Chase Claypool, but all they can do is freaking slant routes because he can't throw the ball downfield. So I this this team has a lot of questions uh, as as to what's what's going to happen, man. But no matter how you slice it. This team is not a, a Super Bowl caliber team. I don't. I don't. Di- no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. To me, while yeah, you have just have some good pieces. At least what I saw last year. Don't. Yes, I understand that they were eleven and zero, but I don't. I I couldn't pick this team over Tennessee. I can't pick this team over Miami. I wouldn't pick this team over. And I'm. These aren't even the top teams in their divisions. You know. I mean, in there, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I do think that. I think. Let, let me just let me speak positively. I think Najee Harris is going to be an incredible, incredible player for them, especially, you know, under the 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 coaching of Mike Tomlin, and with the wide receiver core that they have. Man, I think that they're they'll be really good. Uh, I, I didn't even, you know. You still have Deontay Johnson. Like they, they're going to be really good. Uh, as far as he, he'll be good. I mean, Eric Ebron. They're they're going to be. He's going to be good. Najee Harris is going to be good. They still have an incredible uh uh receive like offensive core outside of the offensive line. They're tight end to receiver to running back. It's incredible. They have the it, it's it's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, their defense, they arguably have one of the best defenses, and arguably, they have one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, you can you can match this defense up to, I don't know, the the the, the Bucks defense, um, the 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 Ravens defense, the Browns defense. Like these the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense can go toe to toe with anybody. Um, as far as the top defenses in the league, that's just how good that's that's how good they are and how many solid pieces they have. Um, and uh, I mean, you have Devin, but like they have some good pieces, and but that, and of course, their their coach is great, Mike Tomlin, future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the league. They they have a lot of good. But they don't have any great, in my opinion. And their offensive line is horrible. And Big Ben, their leader, their quarterback, the one that's won them what two championships, uh, he doesn't. I don't. At least from what we've seen towards the end of the season, like in fact, the entire season, he doesn't have this arm strength to get the ball downfield. So, and he's not a mobile quarterback. So it's like, how 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 far are they gonna go? You know what I mean? Again, I. They're still, I mean, it's still the the Steelers. They still have the lore of, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers. Still curtain. They they still have that history. But I don't. I just. I, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. So, um, and let's go. Let's go to the Ravens. The Ravens. The Ravens is a team that needs to understand. What they're good at? No, they understand what they're good at. The Ravens understand exactly, exactly what they're good at. But I think they have to understand that just because they're good at it doesn't mean that something else doesn't have to improve. 
What do I mean by that? The Ravens is probably one of the best, if not the best, running teams in NFL history. When you have Lamar Jackson, who is a speed demon, who is one of the most elusive quarterbacks in NFL history, when you have you know running backs like Dobbs, when you have when you have running backs like when you, your your whole game, the Ravens' whole offensive attack is based on running, running the ball, a running attack. You know that because of how much they run the ball, how how frequently they run the ball, and how their best wide or their best receiver is Mark Andrews, who is a tight end. Like they they this team, this team. Calling card is smash mouth run the ball football. Now a lot of that is because just they're they're just that damn good at it. I mean, again, you have J.K. Dobbins, you have Gus Edwards. They were able to give they were able to let Mark Ingram walk. Um and of course you have Lamar Jackson. That's that's just who you are. That's that's that when you have those three, I mean you're you're you yeah. This this whole offense was has built itself around Lamar Jackson's greatness as a runner and Lamar Jackson's greatness as a whole and of course running the ball however with that being said running the ball a lot is only going to get you so far and as we've seen you can be the most electrifying running attack in the league but Play, in the playoffs, teams are able to stop that. As you've seen, the Bills, even though the Bills' defense was not is not that good, the Bills were able to stop that. A year before, the Titans were able to stop that. So this team needs to get better at uh, at throwing the ball. A lot of that needs falls on Lamar Jackson's shoulders. He has to be – now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people want to go out there and say that Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. That is – Furthest from the truth, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. Now, is he Tom Brady? No. Is he? Uh, <laughs> does he have the accuracy like a Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers? No. But he can still throw the ball when he needs to. The thing is, and this is what I've been saying time and time again: this team, as in the Ravens, need to give Lamar Jackson better weapons. Because Hollywood Brown just ain't cutting it. Uh-huh. Uh he's cool, but he he has clearly shown that he is not a number one receiver. Boinkins, Miles Boink uh Boinkins, he's cool. He's alright. He's a what? He's 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 tall too. He's a six four receiver. Cool. He's not a number one receiver. Now they did really do good in the draft. They got uh Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Now he is injured and he's going to miss a couple weeks. We need to see what what happens with him. They were able to go and get Sammy Watkins. Uh so that they did address that. Now I Sammy Watkins ain't really been a number 1 receiver since Clemson and we need to see what happens with Rashard Bateman, but it's not looking too good as far don't get me wrong, when I say it, it's not looking too good that he's starting off his his career with injury. Um now it's a grand injury, so he's able to bounce back. But again, we need to see how that 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 goes. But Lamar Jackson in this Ravens team, this Ravens team is really a, it's weird to say, 
But this team is only going to go as far as the throwing game takes them. And what does that mean? I understand that this is this team this team is based on smash mouth running and an incredible defense. And their defense is incredible. When they have Derek Wolf, they have Marlon Humphreys, who is a pro bowler. They have uh they have uh what's his name? Um dang, what's his name? Well, let me say this. they have an incredible, incredible defense. Jimmy Smith, um, Patrick Queen. Like they they have they have a squad defensive. They they arguably have the best defense. They just picked up Justin Houston. They have arguably the best defense in the league. But again, they've had a top defense in the league for a while. They've had a top running game in the league for a while. And they've struggled in the playoffs. And they're gonna continue to struggle in the playoffs. If they don't evolve their their passing game, do I am I saying that they need to be a pass happy team? No. Am I saying that they need to ditch the run and be more of a a, a Chiefs or be more of a, a Bills? No. What I'm saying is there needs to be a healthy balance as far as you can be a smash mouth running team, but you also need to be able to lean on your offensive I mean on your on your throwing game if needed because come the playoffs it's not going to be that sweet to just as we've seen they're not going to be able to just run the ball all the time and I thought again a lot of that is because the fact that they didn't in my opinion have a number one receiver but now you go like I said uh Hollywood Brown doesn't have to worry about being a number one receiver. Uh, Miles Boink isn't, so they can be more complimentary receivers. Sammy Watkins can flourish now. He doesn't have to play alongside Tyreek Hill and, and uh, Nicole Harmon. Uh, of course, we're, we're going to have to see what happens with Rashard Bates. Uh, but he, of course, was a number one receiver in at Minnesota. So they need to be able to develop the running i mean the passing game more in order to succeed in my opinion now yes they finished 11 and 5 last year uh and they 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 this team this team is good enough to of course make it to the playoffs year after year if they continue to just run the ball that's how good my uh, that's how good uh their running game is that's how good their coaching staff is that's how good Lamar Jackson is um and they're they're good enough to win uh, a few playoff games, but are they good enough to win a Super Bowl the way that they've done it? And I don't think I be, I don't believe so. I believe that they have the talent. I believe they have the roster. I just think that if they don't evolve their running game, then it's I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Now they did lose Orlando Brown. They did lose Matt, Matt Judon. Uh, one on the offensive side, which is Brown and Judon for the defense, but they did get uh, Alexand- Alex- Alejandro, a uh, homie from the Steelers. They they got some pieces, and again, uh, Justin Houston from the Colts. So this team is good. This team has – there's a reason why a lot of people, when they're doing, you know, picking who's going to make it an AFC – Who's gonna go to the AFC Championship? Who's gonna? There's a reason why the Ravens. A lot of people think the Ravens are a team that could at least make it to the AFC Championship because they have the the way that they play. It's good. It's just 
if they don't improve the the the, the passing game, then it's it's all for naught. Like Lamar Jackson, he need. It's not just. Let me say this. It's not, and and I'll take some. I'll give some accountability to uh, Lamar Jackson. It's not just the fact that they haven't really had a number one receiver. I do think that's a big reason, but that's not just Lamar Jackson does have to get better at running the ball. He does have to get better. I mean, not running the ball at passing the ball. He has to get better at passing situations. There was a lot of times last year where he would overthrow uh, or underthrow a receiver or it just would be off. It, it wouldn't be accurate. Am I saying Lamar Jackson's a bad thrower? No, but he does need to, to polish and improve that part in his game. And I understand that it would be hard because even if you look when he was in uh, Louisville, his calling card was running the ball. Now, yes, again, and, and don't hear me say he can't throw the ball because he, he's an incredible thrower of the ball. But we all know Lamar Jackson's calling card is running the ball. And if he does not run the ball to succession, then the, uh, the, the, the Ravens are going to struggle. However, if he if Lamar Jackson can be Lamar Jack if Lamar Jackson improves on his off, uh, on his uh, on his passing ability and 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 passing awareness and accuracy, he the Ravens in my opinion even with you know some of the pieces that they have, he, they would be unstoppable. Cuz how are you going to stop a team that runs this much that effectively and then because what you're going to try to do is you're going to try to crowd the box and just play one-on-one with the receivers. Now imagine if Lamar Jackson, he improves his accuracy, he improves his his passing ability. Man, they they be they be something serious. So if we're ranking the AFC, of course I think the Bengals, I say the Bengals are the worst team. And then honestly, because of what we saw towards the end of the year and at the end of the year, and because of the question marks that they that that they still have going into the season, I have the Steelers as the third as the next team up. That to me, they just there's a lot there's a lot to like, but there's a lot to not like. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a, especially what we've seen. Yes, you get Najee Harris, but you don't really improve the offensive line. We need to see at a at a Claypool or Juju who's going to be number one receiver, but. Juju has had multiple years to 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 see, and he hasn't had a hundred yard game yet since AB left. And Claypool, he's still young. So what, how's that going to happen? Um, we all know how good their defense is going to be. The Steelers always have a really good defense, so that's not we don't really have to worry about that. But how how far is a is a dominant defense, but a court? A questionable offense is going to take you. So I have the Bengals and I have the Steelers. And honestly, the question is between the Browns and the and the Ravens. Who is the best team in the in the in the AFC North? And I'm going to say the best team is the Browns. And I'm going to say the Browns because of the improve of the pieces that they have. Now, I do think that the Ravens as a as a whole, you know, the team has played with each other more and, you know, is in my opinion better coached. But um and and that's no disrespect to Kevin Stavansky. I just like uh you know, I like the coach. I like uh what's his name again? Harbaugh uh for the Ravens, but I I'm going to say the Browns just because of the pieces that they have. So it's the Browns, Ravens, uh, 
Steelers and the and the Bengals. I do. I th- again. I th- this this. It's it's funny to me, and it's it's interesting. This why this why I saved the AFC North for last, as far as in the AFC, was because this this team this division has so many, so much history in it, has so much question marks, has so many storylines that it's it'd be I'm 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 gonna be looking at this division very closely because, like I said, there's 17 games now, and there's an extra team. Uh, that can make it to the playoffs in the in you know don't be surprised with that extra chain cut there there could be two teams it could be the Ravens and the Browns that make it to the playoffs don't don't be surprised the extra team in the AFC comes out of the a- and AFC North because I mean last year the Ravens finished 11 five the Steelers finished uh 12 and four the Browns finished 11 and 5 and even how bad the Bengals were they finished 4 and 11 but Joe Burrow missed most of the season due to injury now no I'm not saying that the Bengals are going to make the playoffs I'm just saying that there's a lot of intrigue especially at the quarterback position at the wide receiver position there's a lot of intrigue in the AFC North so I'm excited to see you know what happens moving forward but like I said that's the AFC uh, we went over all the divisions and in the AFC. So next episode, I'm going to move over to the NFC. Uh, the NFC is a doozy. I don't know which one I'm going to start with. I, I'll let you Well, you'll know next episode. But, yeah, that's that's been the AFC. Let's move forward. So last, last, last episode, we talked about Kawhi Leonard getting a deal or uh, signing a four-year, what, 100 and... 70 something million extension and a report a report came out that the Clippers are trading or traded Patrick Beverly, Ray John Rondo and another player. I totally forgot who that player is. I apologize. Trading him or them for Eric Bledsoe. And another report came out that uh, Patrick Beverly has now been traded to the Timberwolves for uh, Holly Han, uh, Herman, Herman Gomez, and Justin Culliver or Culliver, Jared, Jared Culliver. But let's let's stick on. Let's. So, again, last episode I talked about Kawhi Leonard signing his extension, and I talked about. It's not just Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard and Paul George really need they need to lead this Clippers team to a championship. Or at le- yeah, at least the NBA finals. In order for these deals to match up to anything or 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 be justified. And honestly, I think they need because they 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 pretty much threw away a lot of their future for these two players. Uh they definitely need to win a championship but then you see this move right don't get me wrong man eric bless in fact i don't look (laughs) eric bledsoe man his best days are clearly behind him clearly behind him he wasn't good in in new orleans he wasn't good in milwaukee in fact he gets off of milwaukee and they won a championship. 
Now I know a lot of that was Giannis, but a lot of that also was Drew Holiday, who they traded um, Eric Blessed to get. the Clipper, you're looking when you look at the landscape of the West. Not let's not just say the NBA, the West, man. This this move doesn't thread the needle, and that to me is a problem when you see some of the moves that you know the Lakers are making. When you saw, of course, Clay Thompson will be coming back, uh, Denver. Um, the Phoenix, the team that just made it to the championship. Like, uh, I don't know if this, you know, in the off, this offseason, I said it on, on, on a previous episode, I said that a player that the Clippers should really pursue, if they weren't, I mean, of course, if you really want to swing for the fences, you can try to get a, I don't know, Dame, but I didn't expect that. You can go try to go for a Chris Paul. I didn't expect that. A player that I thought that they should go for was uh, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, because what the Clippers need is a player, is, an, is, a, is, a, is a point guard who is pass first. Because when you have pieces like a Reggie Jackson, when you have pieces like Kawhi Leonard, when you have pieces like Paul George, when you have Morris, you need a you don't really need an offensive scoring point guard. You know, you need someone that can score, but you don't really need an offensive scoring point guard. And I thought Lonzo would be perfect for them. And they need someone like who they thought Rondo was gonna be, but Rondo just didn't didn't pan out. Um I don't. I guess the playoff Rondo that the Lakers got, the Clippers thought they were going to get that, and they didn't get that at all. <laughs> but here's here's the thing about Eric Bledsoe, man. Eric Bledsoe is this is nowhere close to a passing point. He is a score first point guard, and he's a score first point guard who doesn't he can't really score anymore. He, like he's not a good shooter. He's not really a good slasher. He's not really good getting to the rim. Eric Blesso is just a he I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the monster the monsters still have his powers in the ball. I don't know, man. But Eric Blesso just ain't it. Now, again, we don't I don't know what this roster is going to look like at the trade deadline. I don't know what it's going to look like after uh, after the buyout market, and I don't know what it's gonna look at look like towards the playoffs. But I know that if this is the team right now that is going to be there for the playoffs, this team is not winning championship. I'm not picking this team over the Lakers. I'm not picking this team over. Uh, well, again, I need to see what what Clay Thompson looks like. But if Clay Thompson comes back, it looks good. I'm not picking this team over the Warriors. I'm not picking the team over Denver. I'm not. Let me chill out with Denver. I'm not picking this team over Phoenix. I, and again, I kind of want to see what what the if Dallas makes any moves. So I don't know, man. It, shouts out to I guess Eric Bledsoe for going back to the Clippers where he saw his most success. But of course, that success was also coming off the bench behind Chris Paul. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. And and and. and Speaking on, I guess, signing things, if we move over to 
the East and 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 the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid signs a four-year, $198 million extension. Uh that is the 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 Sixers are kind of in a tough spot. Now, now when I when I say that, don't hear me say that there should have been a question if they should have paid Joel Embiid or not. Joel Embiid deserves all the money that he gets. Joel Embiid is arguably one of, if not the best, um center in the league. He's at least one or two. Uh he just finished, you know, he finished top three in MVP voting last year and I, I like to think a lot of reasons why the, the biggest reason why he didn't win the MVP is because he got injured and missed a good portion of the season but the Steelers I mean not the Steelers the 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 76ers had to do this they had to pay Joel Embiid and why they have to pay Joel Embiid first and foremost you don't know what's going to happen you don't know the future for Ben Simmons they've been trying to trade him Apparently, a report's come out saying more than likely he's going to start the season with the team, even though he hasn't answered none of their calls, but they can't really find a trade partner. You don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. The last thing you want to do is lose Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Uh, that new. <laughs> because, again, what do you what what do you have to fall back on, you know? If you lose, if you lose one of those players, of let's let's just we the writing's pretty much on the wall. We think that Ben Simmons is going to be gone. I don't know if he's going to be gone by the the start of the season. I don't know if he's going to be gone by the trade deadline. But Ben Simmons will not be here. I don't believe he will be on this team this same time next year. So what what do you have? You at this point now you'll be in a territory that you haven't been in, and that is. You have a central superstar in Joel Embiid. Now it's time to build around him. You have you have uh, Daryl Morey, who's been really good at building around a central player, i.e., what he did with and with the Rockets and James Harden. You have Joel Embiid now build around him, and and that's it's not you should, it's not really a question. Okay. The difference between this extension and Kawhi Leonard's is. This team, as far as the the Seventy Sixers is, is only gonna go as far as Joel Embiid takes them, and I mean like there's apps if Joel okay so we saw Kawhi Leonard go out and Paul George on the team and he was able to get the team to the Western Conference Finals. If Joel Embiid goes out for the Sixers, it's over. It's over where wherever they at. <laughs> if if the, if Joel Embiid goes out for the Sixers. Except for now, I understand he missed a game against the Wizards in the playoffs, and they they did ultimately win that. But if Joel Embiid misses a misses any time, this team looks drastically different, and this team goes from a team that can arguably compete for a championship to a team that can compete for a, a pretty high lottery spot. This is that's how. That's how good Joel Embiid is. So you had like there really sh- there there's no argument, there's no competition, there's no question mark. The the Seventy Sixers needed to do this. You don't. The last thing you want to do is go into a season with a disgruntled star and Joel Embiid because you didn't offer him an extension, and you don't know what he's gonna do. And then you've been in the same breath you've been trying to get off of your other star which is Ben Simmons because he just it just ain't working. So 
yeah, uh, it, it makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Like you, you have to give Joel and B the money. Like you have to. So, uh, moving forward, I also, you know, I wanted to say shout out to Carly Lloyd. She announces that she will be retiring from soccer or Team USA soccer or, or soccer in general. I don't, I don't know. In, in the fall. She's one of the most decorated uh, soccer players, women's soccer players. I mean, she has two FIFA World Cups. She has two Olympic gold medals. She's been uh, FIFA Player of the Year or Women's Player of the Year two times. She just helped Team USA win bronze. I mean, she's very accomplished. She's very accomplished. Shouts out to her. Shouts out to, you know, she will go down as one of the best uh, women's soccer players that Team USA has ever had. You know, she's on that list with, uh, like I said, Megan Rapino, uh, Hope Solo before she she started going 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 wild with it. Um, she, you know, she's one of the best uh, best we've ever had. Uh, was it Wamba, Abby Wambot? So, you know, shouts out to Carly Lloyd and congratulations on announcing her uh, announcing her retirement. <laughs> And lastly, before we go, Oof. so uh, the Jags cut Tim Tebow, and that's only news because nobody really knew if they were going to cut him or not, and they didn't know. People didn't know if he was going to get cut or not, not because he's a he he. He has never played tight end in his life, not because he really ain't. He really hasn't been good since leaving college. In fact, I understand people's like, "What about Tebow time?" No, Tebow time was like three games, bro. Tim Tebow was garbage. He's Tim Tebow has been garbage at everything he's put his mind to as far since leaving college. He's been garbage. Uh, as an NFL quarterback, he's been garbage as a baseball player. He's been garbage as a tight end. He's been decent as an analyst, but he's been garbage as far as an athlete on the on the field. So the they didn't the fact that he got cut isn't surprising because oh man Tim Tebow he's he's really good no it's surprising because of his relationship that he has with uh. With Urban Myers, of course, that was his coach back in Florida, uh, where he had his most success. And a lot of a lot of people thought that because of his relationship, in fact, because of Tim Tebow's relationships is a lot is the reason why we still talk about this man. Tim Tebow ain't been good since he had a Florida Gator on his on his chest. He's been garbage, bruh. Garbage. And 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 a lot of people want to, you know, you're attacking him because of his religion. No, bro. No, I believe in God. I'm very I'm very spiritual. No, Tim Tebow has been garbage. He's been garbage in baseball. He was garbage as a quarterback, and he was garbage as a wide receiver. I mean, no, as a tight end. Bro, the, the, y'all saw him, his blocks as a tight end. That's it, man. That's it. Tim Tebow. Hey, go succeed as, I mean, what are you going to try next? Basketball? <laughs> What's he going to try? Go to the G League next? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it should, I don't know. I mean, the only time I should hear about Tim Tebow's name is on college football game day if he's an analyst. I should not hear him. 
bro, he's not a good quarterback. He's not a good NFL player. He's not an NFL caliber player. Just stop it. Just stop it. There you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys watching. Uh, if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweatshirt, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. Go get your merch today. Hey, there's, there's multiple different uh, designs, multiple different colors. Whatever you want, I got you. Just go get your merch today. Also, I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, so please, please, please subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe. Hey, any, any subscription helps, man. Again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys, and until next time, much love. Fuckers in school telling me always in a barber shop. Cheeky ain't about this, cheeky ain't about that. My boy a BD on fucking Lamron and them. He he they say don't be nigga put on no work. Shut the fuck up! Y'all niggas ain't no shit! All you motherfuckers talking about Cheeky ain't no hitter, Cheeky fake this, Cheeky a fake. Shut the fuck up! Y'all don't live with that nigga. Y'all know that nigga got caught with a ratchet. Shit at the police and shit. Nigga been on probation since fucking I don't know when. Motherfucker, stop fucking playing them like that. Them niggas savages out there. If I catch another motherfucker talking sweet about Chief Keith, I'm fucking beating their ass. I'm not fucking playing no more. Know them niggas roll with Lil Reese and them. Lost souls up, lost souls up, lost souls up.
Oh, 